I hope everybody's got their horses because gas prices are going crazy. So take your horse and come with us beyond the borderline with your host, Connor, Cam, Phil, and Ryan. All right. Thank you for that. Brilliant <laughs> a little, intro. A little different than normal, but you know. Yep. Okay. Well, welcome everyone back to a new episode. So last week we ended off, we had a little two-parter about um, a technological advancement and um, kind of speculating about well, where it's going to go in terms of like the metaverse and um, virtual reality and stuff like that. And, and, and posing the question, have we gone, how far is too far, you know, and have we gone too far already? Or if not, what is too far? And will we eventually revolt against that to try to, you know, preserve our humanity? Um, so at the end of it, we ended with my kind of half-baked theory that, and I misspoke, I misspoke. I, I will say that I'm a dumbass because I call it the parabola theory, but what I meant was an asymptote, something that's always trying to um, approach a point, but but never can. And so what I was speculating on was that um, humanity, because we seem to have this inherent drive to progress, right? Like we can't just stop ourselves from progressing. Since we seem to have this inherent drive to progress, um, what we seem to be doing is trying to become gods, you know, um, with, with our technology. And I think that it might just be that there's basically a law of the universe that is going to say like mortal life cannot become immortal, omniscient, omnipresent life, you know? And so in our quest to become gods, we may end up losing our humanity, that which makes us human. Um, so yeah, that was my little half-baked theory, who knows where it's going. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, what do you guys think about that? It doesn't make sense to you and specifically through the lens of technology and, you know, with AI, with the metaverse, with all this new stuff that's coming with phones, even are we losing our humanity? Will we lose more? Well, I think these tools are being used to make life easier uh more efficient and it allows us to think on higher levels than it did before like i mean if you look way back in the ages it was like you literally just you know you did what you had to do to survive uh you know people used to work like 12 hour days and it was only like manual labor now there's manual labor jobs but there's also a lot more you know what you call like white collar jobs and stuff like that that exists so i think these are being used for tools um to help us grow as a civil civilization i know last time i said like at some point it's getting regressive but i think you know the whole purpose is to make it life easier um yeah but i mean more so like are we venturing into areas that we shouldn't you know like are we messing with like quote unquote forbidden technology that like that is going to be our undoing oh i i absolutely think we'll reach that point for sure 100 percent. and i don't want to get into this right away but the, the 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 most obvious piece of technology that screams that is ai right there's definitely a lot of fear around that because of pop culture but if we're, if we're let's let's try and stay away from that before before we get into that if we're looking at technology that 
you know, goes beyond uh, the, the standard protocol of ethics. A lot of people like to use, you know, technology around cloning. We, you know, we've had the technology to clone for a while now, but why haven't we? Why, why don't we do it on a mass scale? the question of ethics gets brought up around that. So I definitely think we've already reached in a lot of areas of technology that we shouldn't press onwards. And some areas have stopped and some areas have continued progressing. But I don't think we've hit that ultimate breaking point that requires us to take take a step back and look, look, look at what we're doing as a human race. I don't think we've quite reached that breaking point. Um, I mean, with... When new technology comes out, I think a lot of people look at it and get scared initially as well. Uh, I kind of thought about that and I realized, you know, when the wheel, when someone invented the wheel, the people freak out and they're like, carts should not be moving like that, stuff like that. So is that, is that what we're thinking right now? Is that just part of life is like, sometimes it's tough to embrace these new innovations. Yeah. Um, that's part and of maybe, it. Definitely. Maybe that's part of it. Yeah. But well, it's more like, yeah, sorry. There's always going to be um, some sort of resistance to change because it alludes to the fact that uh, change is difficult. And why would you put yourself in a difficult situation? That's just kind of like how humans, like, they're meant to obviously struggle, but the more you can mitigate uh, suffering, is kind of like the general principle. Um, mm-hmm. When we're talking about like what specifically technology does at this point in time, I don't think it's reached a point where we're becoming less human. And I'm not saying that it, it, it would not, I think it will lead to us being less human, but right now we're kind of balancing the opportunity cost of it right now. So, yeah, we're trying like, to. At what cost do you progress society for you to inevitably become less human? That's kind of like right now, your phone is the closest thing to being a cyborg at this time. But maybe a decade from now, we have a self sustaining civilization on Mars and we start changing physiologically um, as we become as we go off planet. So it's kind of just, it's kind of a balancing act right now. I think. Well, it's just like evolutionary change is different though. I think, right. Because I mean, at one point our appendix was used for something, but nowadays, you know, people don't really know what the use for the appendix is. It helps at all the rest of your organs. That's basically what it does. Yeah, but they don't know like the exact. They, they do, don't know. The exact- they do, Connor. They definitely do know. Yeah, but okay, whatever. That's not the point. But okay, I think I think what I was trying to say more so is like, I think it was more in the context of our conversation around the metaverse, which, which got me thinking. So like, I got thinking about. I was just um, the question of what like reality is, right? Because like, if we can perfect a metaverse, you know, not this kind of shitty great value style metaverse that is is going to launch soon um but like the true virtual reality that we that we touched on last week um and we you know people get absorbed in that and we start making it better and better and better to the to the extent that we can basically create a simulation um like i think that's it for us dude i i would agree i think the the 
drawing the line in the stand of like when we're no longer like human beings and everything that's beautiful about being a human being i think that line is drawn when you can take the consciousness out of your human body yeah in an unnatural way i have a question for cam why, why do you think the metaverse is it for us is it because you is is it because there's no consequences in the metaverse well yeah because well, it just depends how deeply we want to accept it. Like if we as a collective species decide that reality doesn't actually exist, like the physical world that we all observe every day doesn't actually matter. And this kind of has to do with the free will discussion that we had. It doesn't matter because we can create alternate worlds and do whatever the hell we want in them, regardless of laws and rules and morality and 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 anything else like that i mean we've so kind I, of lost that which makes us human you know well and, and and we've lost the beauty of being alive on earth and so the, the what i was talking about about becoming gods it's like there's a very odd relationship there which like like in christian teachings for example it's it's humans are like we're created to be like god in the sense that we're creators you know so there's something mythological about that a mythological truth about that you know because we can see it play out throughout history that's that is our drive to to progress you know but at the same time we we're still mortal beings and i there's some things that i think we should just shouldn't fuck with like trying to create new universes and stuff okay so here's my take on this as it stands right now the metaverse is not of any concern because if you go into the metaverse, yeah, there's no consequences right now, but there's always that reality where that, that there's always a reality that sits above that created reality where consequences do matter. And that for us right now is the reality that we occupy. Yeah. But for let's right say now, we get to though. a point where the meta, no, no, hold on. But let's say we get to a point where the metaverse is indistinguishable from our own reality. Your fear is that we will lose our humanity because in that reality, there's still no consequences. I would argue that once the metaverse reaches a point where it's indistinguishable from our own reality, those consequences that we are so known to occupy in in our own reality will eventually mold into will will eventually become will, will come to fruition in that reality because without consequences we descend into anarchy, right? So if the metaverse is going to truly survive and become its own reality, then that reality will have its own consequences to maintain order. It's just, it's a natural phenomenon. Why does our reality work? Because we have consequences. The Are we no longer the metaverse? The only way the yeah, metaverse but... is going to work as a reality, as a reality that is indistinguishable from a real reality is if it has consequences. Yeah. But here's the, here's the thing is like, if that becomes like, but if it becomes norm that people can just live either in on the normal world or if they go live and, the metaverse like I, I i don't think that we're no i think you can consider those people no longer human because they don't need the attributes of morality because okay. you can go and shoot somebody and then they reappear 20 minutes okay, later but that's and what, I'm, but that's what i'm getting matter. at connor in the metaverse if the metaverse is really going to exist if, in the metaverse if you killed someone and they actually died and there was no consequences for that, then of course we would lose our humanity. But if you killed someone in the metaverse and they didn't actually die, then what would, what, why yeah. would there need to be consequences? Okay, what you're assuming though is that, remember we made the distinction last episode between there being a difference between um, a, a, a metaverse, a virtual 
reality where everyone was a part of the same one or people went into their own realities. So if everyone was part of the same overarching metaverse, yeah, I think the social rules that we have here on earth would, would, there's room for them to transfer over there. Yes, because we would all still be living in a social community, even though it was in a virtual reality. However, if, uh, like we were talking about, like when I mentioned that story about all those people being hooked up to those machines in that big pyramid, um, if people were in their own virtual realities, able to lose themselves in their own dreams and wishes and do whatever the hell they want, um, the, 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 the social rules that govern humanity wouldn't come into play. Right, you but even, so, even so still, you know that the world is not, for lack of a better word, you know that world is not real, even though it feels incredibly real. Right, but why would no you leave, though? Because it, it, it gives you a, a, an avenue to exercise your darker impulses at the end of the day, and darker impulses is part of being human. Yeah. So you may do some, let's uh, say you're the most fucked up person in the world and you may do some really terrible things in your virtual reality. And I'm not saying it's okay that you're doing those things, but at the end of the day, you're not really hurting anyone because it's not the, the, the programs that you're interacting with. You're just yourself. You're the only conscious being, you're the only free autonomous being in that reality. Right. But you've still lost your humanity. Like, well, you know what? That's kind of a, that's an interesting point because um, just paraphrasing a bit, Ryan, if if I'm correct about what you're saying, you're saying that uh, this metaverse is the purest form of human that you can be. And in and of itself, if you reach that point, like would be your own demise. Yeah, it's your own doing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so you, okay, okay. Well, because we need to be social creatures, hmm. first of all, like, and also (laughs) it's going to mean the end of our species if, nobody's reproducing and yeah of course that, that gets into the larger discussion about that but my fear you- is that um like in this time right now i think that society and even just north america we're very humanity is very fragile and society is very fragile at this point and my fear is that we're going to why are we fragile be- like what do you mean by that well, let him finish well, his thought. I'll get into that later, but I think we're some people that are, for lack of a better word, weak, are going to resort to this metaverse. But my issue with it is that there's no evidence to suggest that the metaverse would be, at the end of the day, the ideal reality that they choose. It mm-hmm. could, like, it's just so in its infancy, and maybe it has to stay that way because maybe there's a reason why there's this reality and then there's the metaverse, you know, like it's kind of that whole. Well, but with the way things are going, like digital currencies, for example, are great on the face of it because of their inherent uh, quality of, of decentralization, Mm -hmm. right. That's freeing in a sense. Um, But if there were, if they were centralized, digital currencies all of a sudden become not so great. And then, you know, digital identities become a thing. And all of a sudden, everything we do is digital. I mean, it already half of half what we do already is digital. But all of a sudden, everything is. And 
sorry to interrupt you again, but these digital currencies aren't always good. Like people use crypto and stuff like that for like for selling drugs, for trafficking, like they use it for so many yeah. like illegal and morally wrong things. Yeah. My point though, is that look the way, look at the way things are trending with our financial systems, with our, our work life, you know, working from home, instead of going into a physical place of work, you could see that as the beginning of, you know, of, of this virtual stuff. NFTs are digital assets, <laughs> you know, what, look at the way things are trending. Why wouldn't the metaverse in say 200 years, if it was perfected from a technological standpoint, why wouldn't that overtake uh, our current universe for, from, from the standpoint of, well, look, we're transitioning our, our society in terms of work life into digital we're trans we're transforming our financial sphere into digital uh you know shopping online shopping that's all you do you know so so it's like i'm just looking at the trends and trying to Mm -hmm. say like look at what's coming you know just uh out of curiosity um uh, out of all of us here, I currently am the only one that still works in an office. Um, so just yeah, like, yeah. can you, can you, can you give us some takeaways um, on like what kind of things that you have observed having to work from home and okay, if you I, would go back to the office and. Yeah, I'll you tell you, I'll tell you. Okay. I'll tell you what I think. It's, it's good and bad. Like, it's good in the sense that, you know, it's great to just wake up, not be rushed, you know, in a sense that like, you don't have to wake up at six and have a shower and get in your car and, you know, drive to work and make sure you're there exactly on time. That's nice. It's also nice to not pay for gas to drive to work. Um, you know, but there's also, and you know, it's nice to be independent, I guess you could say to some extent anyways. Um, but then at the same time, like work is something very different from what you do the rest of the day, right? Like your mind when you're working, mm-hmm. like you're doing very different shit. Uh, and I, I think to some extent, it's not really that good to blend because when do you turn your work self off and your normal self on, you know, especially me living, like I live in an apartment with my girlfriend and our cats we're all awesome, you know, but it's like, it's like, I'm working for half an hour and then pause for half an hour. And then I'm working again for half an hour. And it's like, there's no like decompression time between me working and me being like a boyfriend and, you know, myself, you know what I mean? Whereas, whereas a nine to five where you go into the office and you come back, like, you know, your work is done at that time. And then you can decompress for a little bit. And then, you know, how'd your day go? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then chill. Uh, so I think there's, there's good and bad to both, you know, but it has been a little hard for me to kind of, to operate in two kind of uh, two mindsets at the same time, if you know what I mean. I agree. I agree with that, like keeping those separate. But then I, another thing that um, 
you know, I miss from being in the office and like being around people is like that whole social aspect. Like during your work day, you don't work the entire day. You stop for a couple of minutes, you chat with your colleagues and you're able to build like these good working relationships with people. But yeah, now that doesn't really happen. You have like you have Zoom, you Zoom them or you like video chat them on on Teams or whatever you do. But it's completely different than like, you know, as you would say, like the like the water, the water jug chat or whatever. You know, like you don't get those those right. same interactions. And like I was talking to my parents and my and my family, my extended family, and like they all had had similar roles that I had. And their thing was like on Friday evening after work, they go out with their colleagues before like you know whatever before dinner, grab a couple of drinks, and then you know split and go separate ways. And they're able to build like really good like life lifelong like work work friends and like normal friends through this and like that's the one thing that working remotely is, has gotten rid of is like I don't go out on Friday night after work and hang out with my colleagues I go mm-hmm. I go get ready and then I go hang out with my friends which is like it's sick don't get me wrong I love it but at the same time it'd be cool to go out with my work colleagues and do like a little like happy hour with them you know, get yeah. to know these people outside of a screen is, is a big thing, I think. Yeah, but, I wonder what the, uh, like, it'd be interesting to actually do a study on, like, the efficiency of certain companies, you know, like, having people working together in, a, in an office, in a headquarters, versus working at home. And, like, if that team building, like, that in-person social team building actually has, like, a positive effect on the efficiency of the company i feel like i feel like just using common sense i think it does you know well yeah, i think I would say you lose a lot of you lose a lot of uh you know like in in when you're in the office you just go and you kind of hear or you see what someone else is doing and you look at like kind of like their routine and you're like you know what they're doing like xyz really well i'm gonna incorporate that into my day or you're like you know you think about doing something else you see someone in the corner doing something that you thought might be good and they're just like losing their mind over something so it's like it's really good for like collaboration and building efficiency but I think working at home where you're like a little bit more isolated like isolated in your area like you take a break here and there as you said Cam but you know more times than not there's less distractions at home than there would be in the in an office less distractions at home yeah, I don't know. I feel I don't like there's know. more distractions at home. Yeah, the Xbox is always it's calling enough. to yeah, me. Yeah, your but TV, your on, Xbox. Yeah, it what even I turns like on by itself. It. I hear it turn on, and I'm like, oh, uh, uh, shut up, know. shut up. Oh man, it's and like it's, it's kind of uh, like if you think back to like all of us have just crammed for exams, and you know, three hours here, three hours there, and then you're like, you're fine, you know, like you can you can crush it. But then like, I think the science actually indicates that if you like, say you're in an eight hour period for every 50 minutes of work, you do a 10 minute break, just, you know, decompress. Mm-hmm. What that, that sort of environment is not allowed when you're in the office, specifically in, in my line of work in retirement right now, I have to be 100% attentive at all times. There's yeah. no off switch. I you know I I can check my phone this and that but like if there's if someone calls me like I got to pick up like there's just there's no off switch and 
so I think from that, you could eventually see burnout. Whereas in an environment like you three are in, you, you kind of have that, even though you can't compartmentalize your day, you can still kind of um, like categorize it and you can still f- have those off times. Yeah, coming. it's true. But for what I've been realizing is like, it doesn't feel like you're off, you know, like you have, mm-hmm. like I, I have, tons of free time during the day on a normal day, like a few hours, um, you know, a couple hours in the afternoon, uh, you know, a few hours at night, an hour in the morning. Um, and, you know, I squeeze in a workout, I try and read, I do whatever the hell I do. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right about the switch being always on. But the thing that I miss about not working at home is that when you leave work, you can turn the switch off, you know? Yeah. Whereas when you're at home, to some extent, the switch is always on or it's on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off, on, off. And it's like, like I'm getting emails at 11 PM, you know, people call me at 10 PM and I'm like, man, I've, I've checked out three hours ago. You know, Mm -hmm. I just had dinner with my girlfriend, you know, I'm trying to chill. Um, Your eight hour day usually more times than not will stretch to like a 10 or 12 hour day with with little breaks but yeah like as you say you can't just leave it at the office yeah so so there's pros and cons to each i feel like um yeah but actually since you mentioned burnout we need to talk about soon the uh the great resignation thing that that you were talking about Mm -hmm. but we'll save that for for a couple episodes down the line i kind of want to rein it back to the original topic I was going to say, I got way out of the topic. <laughs> but it was good. It was, it was a good combo. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. It was something I heard on Ancient Aliens, actually. <laughs> maybe, it, it, maybe that show has had more influence on me than I care to admit. But, um, but the line, like, the line of, you know, humans are trying to become gods essentially i think came from that show for me because they were talking about ancient technology and and modern technology and like you know humans have always wanted to fly and like touch the sky you know because god comes from the sky and blah 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 um and yeah it just got me thinking like there's something innate in us you know that wants to create and build and keep going up you know like so many people are progressives like whether politically or you know, they don't get involved in politics, but they still think that way, you know, and they view history as a linear rise, you know, and that we're just going to keep progressing um, inherently. And we probably will. But at one point, do we progress too far that we screw, like we screw ourselves over, like in terms of weapons, it's already kind of happened. And I mean, we'll see how the conflict in Ukraine plays out. But the creation of nuclear weapons in the 1940s, like, like that was the first big warning sign that like our drive to progress is going to kill us. Like it will, you know, we're like, we're going to create, Oh, Oh, okay. This reminds me of, you know, the large Hadron Collider, Phil would know about this. Yeah. Yeah. The God particle. Yeah. The God particle. Yeah. So in, um, in Switzerland, is it in it's not in davos is it somewhere in Bern, i think 
burns in is burn in germany i don't know i think it's in switzerland somewhere there's this particle accelerator called the large hadron collider um and it's where they original originally discovered the the god particle the higgs boson and um you know there's a lot of theories about it and whatnot but but one of the one of the side effects is that you know there's a small chance allegedly that the smashing together of these of these particles could potentially create a black hole <laughs> you know and it's like just shit like that gets me thinking like man we're gonna fuck with something one day look kind of like jurassic park you know yeah just our tinkering with shit Dude, or you know so- we're gonna create a super plague like a, a super fucking ebola one day like i don't know it's, un- it's been- unfortunate the science behind jurassic park is not accurate but yeah, <laughs> yeah. well i, I hope mean- to see dinosaurs one day I've been wanting no, no, to, it, it's already been disproven. I've been wanting to make this like reference the whole time, so I'll make it before we end the episode. Um, but you guys have you guys watched Westworld before? No, oh, yeah. no, I I've heard so. of it. Very okay, is it good? So, yeah, it's a good show, but essentially what it is is I, I can you can kind of make parallels between the metaverse and Westworld. Essentially, it's like an amusement park for humans to interact with robots that look like humans and they have guns and these guns can kill the robots but you can't kill the humans with these guns so people walk around this like amusement park which is like you know the size of of a city and or like a province or whatever like it's a a large landmass and it's like the wild west and you know Mm. people have pretty much full control over like this this mini universe so they can go and they can kill these robots or they can do whatever they want with them and then eventually some people are like, well, and again, they create these robots. Like they literally look like they have human flesh. Like they bleed mm-hmm. like fake blood, but they bleed and stuff like that. And then some of the people in Westworld, if I'm not mistaken, like see this as like wrong and try to, and are trying to save these robots. And okay, I feel okay. like you can kind of like, they, they, they pretty much act as if they're gods in this world. And that's kind of what I see the metaverse could become as well it's like if you could live there your entire life you pretty much have control over your mini mini reality mm-hmm. and so back to your original question like eventually eventually people are going to see something wrong with that being able to shift your reality however you want yeah exactly is no, no longer human and that's yeah. an issue with that and it's interesting that you say um well what you say about they thought they were gods. The other, another thing that connects back to my original kind of statement or hypothesis is that the, so the, the greatest thing that God ever did was create us, right? Alleged, like, you know, that's how the story goes. And, and that power to create life is something, whether you believe in God or not, like is something strictly in the domain of heaven you know, in the domain of the divine, like we can't create life except, you know, to have children. Um, but we can't create it from scratch. Well, we can with more or less. Okay. But, but right. But naturally we can't, you know? Um, so what I mean about becoming gods and destroying ourselves is we are God's children, you know, um, whether you believe it or not, I'm just saying like, that's the idea. We are God's children. So in our quest to become gods, what are we going to try to create? And I think the answer to that is AI. 
I was going to say, what about these self, like, what about these self-learning robots? Yeah. So that's exactly what I mean. So in our quest to become godlike, we're going to destroy ourselves via AI, I think. And I think that's a great spot to leave it because we should pick that up in the next episode. I must say that um, I just stumbled upon a article from Joe Rogan's Instagram and it says by 2040, the world will collapse. This MIT computer has confirmed it. Oh, great. Uh, <laughs> All right. MIT computer is AI. Maybe it's the one that's going to collapse us. It's AI I'm, propaganda. It could I, be. I am John Connor, and this is the resistance. <laughs> Fuck. We're doomed. No, we're not doomed. Well, maybe. Maybe we are. <laughs> All right. I guess we'll leave that here. So make sure you guys are following and commenting and giving us your feedback. Again, if there's something specific you want us to talk about, let us know and uh, we'll see when you can address it. Last week, we had uh, one of our longtime listeners give us, uh, you know, a topic. So we talked about that. So do that again. Thanks, guys, for listening. Follow us on social media. Listen to every episode. We love you and take care. Brush your hair.